Hello and welcome to Bible 101. Please enjoy our Bible 101 series as we explore Genesis through Revelation. Also, listen to our roundtable discussions as myself, Greg Ross, and Eric Feeman talk about the major theological discussions of the Bible. Also, enjoy some of our interviews and apostolic apologetic series. We thank you so much for listening. Please let us know what you think by emailing BibleTTabernacle29 at gmail.com. That's B-I-B-L-E-T-T-A-B-E-R-N-A-C-L-E-29 at gmail.com. And also leave a comment to let us know what you think. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Bible 101 again. I'm here with Brother Ross and Brother Feeman. And Dr. Ross, as we <laughs> lovingly call him, is uh, going to get us kicked off here. We're going to be talking about baptism. We've been going through a series about uh, salvation. And we opened just talking about salvation and what that means and what it means for us. And then we talked last week about repentance. This time we're going to get into baptism. So Brother Ross, without further ado, why don't you get us kicked off? <clears throat> Thank you, Brother Mills. Good to be here with you and Brother Eric Feeman this evening to talk about this all-important subject of baptism. And baptism is a subject that has been uh, debated, discussed, disagreed on, uh, changed, and uh, uh, made different throughout the centuries. <clears throat> but today, we settle the debate. There's no more debate after this discussion. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> the reason why is we're not going to uh, history books, we're not going to encyclopedias, we're not going to denominational creeds and, and, uh, and, and thought processes, we're going to the Word of God, that's why this is Bible 101. Yeah. It's what does the Bible say about this subject, not what does the denomination say, not what does Catholicism say, say. what does the Bible say about baptism? Is it necessary? <clears throat> is it something we do as a sacrament or something we do as a witness to something that's happened on the inside. Well, what does the Bible say about all this? Um, even all the way back in the Old Testament, there's types and shadows of God uh, using water. Uh, and all through the Old Testament, you can see examples of water being used as a cleansing and as a washing. There were ceremonial washings with water. Uh, some even allude all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, <clears throat> when darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved on the, on the face of the waters. There was water involved. Uh, later, we see the days of Noah, uh, the flood that came upon the earth, and, and, and Peter makes reference to that, how Noah and his family was saved through the waters as a type of baptism. <clears throat> Uh, later, we read about Israel, Israel going through the uh, Red Sea and uh, how that was likened to baptism, going through the water. Uh, we can read uh, later when the, uh, uh, the law was given, uh, we see this brazen laver placed right between the altar of sacrifice and the holy place, and that was the place of washing right after the, t the sacrifice, after the death. Uh, the sacrifice, there was the brazen laver for washing. <clears throat> uh, other examples we, you, could, you could use, we're not going to all of them, but just to mention these few. Uh, Naaman going to the Jordan River to dip as a form of washing and cleansing. So even in the Old Testament, we see these types and shadows of God using water as part of his plan. And that brings us up to the New Testament. <clears throat> Excuse me. In uh, Matthew chapter 3, we see... This guy by the name of John the Baptist, 
That's what the Bible calls him, John the Baptist, not the denomination Baptist. They, he was called John the Baptist. Why? Because he baptized people. Mm -hmm. he, and it'd be interesting to know how many people John the Baptist really baptized because uh, reading the scripture, it looked like he baptized a lot of people. Lot. He was baptizing a lot of people. And so when we get to Matthew chapter 3, we can read about that around verse 11. John the Baptist says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, and he, and, uh, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, talking about Jesus who was to come. <clears throat> And then in Matthew 3, 13, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John. Why? To be baptized of him. Uh, this is at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ on earth. The, one of the first things he does, if not the first, what does he do? He gets baptized by John. In fact, when he shows up, uh, Matthew 3 and 14 says, John forbade him saying, oh, I need to be baptized of you. I'm paraphrasing there a little bit. And you're coming to me. And Jesus said, suffer to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And verse 16, Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway of the water. <clears throat> There's the water again. And lo, the heavens were opened, uh, opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him. And uh, so we see right at the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ, he gets baptized. How important is baptism? I think we're going to begin to see here because Jesus uh, is our example and we want to follow his example. And um, <clears throat> not only was Jesus baptized, but he taught baptism. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, I think, it, let's see, over in John... John chapter 3, let's take a look at that. That's, it's an interesting passage there. Well, first of all, let me, let me, let me cover John chapter 3 when uh, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. This is at the, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's been baptized. Now he's talking to a man by the name of Nicodemus in chapter 3. And uh, Nicodemus is asking him some questions. And Jesus said in verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is a little confused. And he says, how can that happen? And in verse 5, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And uh, it's, uh, it's easy to see the reference here when it says born of water that as we follow along here, we understand that that to be baptism. So <clears throat> Jesus was baptized. He taught baptism. And then interesting also in John chapter 3, getting down to about verse 22, Jesus is beginning uh, his, getting disciples. And verse 22, he says, After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Jesus, uh, and <laughs> into the land of Judea. And there he tarried with them and baptized Interesting. And John also was baptizing because there was much water there. We'll talk about how much water is needed for baptism a little bit later. And they came and were baptized. So and we also, we, we can find out, I think it's, well, John chapter 4, uh, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, Jesus had um, he, he got his apostles and his disciples and he began to have people baptized. 
So Jesus was baptized. He taught baptism, uh, and that's not the end of it here. So I ask you just in this first couple of minutes here, if baptism is not necessary, Jesus would not have practiced it, nor would he have taught it. He wouldn't have mentioned it. And, uh, and on studying, studying this, and I wasn't going to get into a lot of history and things like that, but there's a lot of different groups out there with a lot of different opinions and thoughts and <clears throat> ideas on baptism. I, there are at least two groups out there that absolutely do not baptize at all whatsoever. That's the Quakers and the Salvation Army. They don't baptize. Interesting. <clears throat> and then there's other large groups that will practice forms of what they call baptism. Uh, some will sprinkle, some will pour water over people's heads, some will immerse, and some are pretty adamant on the fact that baptism needs to be immersion, but then they have a different uh, mode or a different um, method, a different formula for baptism, a, a trinity formula we'll talk about a little bit later. And so, and so there's a lot of different opinions out there and a lot of different ideas. Uh, some will baptize, but then they will say that baptism is not nece necessary. And so when I begin to read this and the types and the shadows of the Old Testament, and then I see that there was a man by the name of John the Baptist that baptized Jesus, and Jesus' disciples baptized, <clears throat> how is it that uh, baptism is not necessary? Well, let's follow along a little bit more here. <clears throat> At the end of Jesus' ministry in Mark chapter 16 and verse 16, knew I was going there. Maybe you did. <clears throat> Jesus speaking says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I want you to keep that thought in mind as we begin to read through a little bit more here. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Because if you believe not, you're not going to act upon anything anyway. The Bible says, He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 19. Somewhere around in there. Well, we can do <clears throat> verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Also, Luke had a take on that. Uh, Matthew 16 and 16, Matthew 28 19 are all uh, basic, the same conversation that Jesus was having. And then um, Luke, 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 that's what I'm looking for, Luke, Luke. Uh, 24 said it this way in verse uh, 47 and that repentance <clears throat> repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name whose name Jesus name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem <clears throat> so we see Jesus at the beginning being baptized and at the beginning of his ministry having people baptized uh, he taught baptism and at the end of his ministry uh, at the time of his death, burial, burial, and resurrection, he's telling them that uh, that people needed to be baptized uh, in his name. 
And so again, I ask if baptism is not necessary, <clears throat> why all this discussion from Jesus about being baptized? I, I don't, it, God, doesn't, God doesn't dwell on non-essentials. If, if something's essential, Jesus is going to let us know about it. He's letting us know about baptism here. Well, we get the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus uh, spends some time with his disciples, and uh, he gathers a group of them on a hill, and he ascends up into heaven. says he's going to come again in like manner. And then the angels showed up because they were standing there and all gazing up into heaven, and they said, do what he said. <laughs> get, back to, get back to Jerusalem. Get back to that upper room and wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost. Well, the promise of the Holy Ghost did come in Acts chapter 2. And uh, they were they were so excited because they sat there in that upper room for 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 a couple of weeks, give or take, and they prayed and they they was wondering what was going to happen. The day of Pentecost came, the birthday of the church. Pretty much any uh, denomination or church theologian recognizes Acts chapter two as the birthday of the church. The Holy Ghost is poured out. They speak with other tongues. Uh, the crowd that is gathered around is amazed. They're marveled. They they are just astounded at what's taking place here, and uh, others are mocking them, saying they look like they're they've been drinking too much at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, but verse fourteen says Peter stood stood up and he began to preach the message of Pentecost, and he uh, preached this message, and you can read about about it there in Acts chapter two. But he gets down to the end of his message, <clears throat> and the Bible says they were pricked in their heart, they were convicted of their sins, and they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Acts chapter 2, verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. If baptism is not important, if baptism is not necessary, why is the apostle Peter telling people to be baptized in Jesus' name? And repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> now, and he preaches a little bit more. Verse 41, get this. Then they that gladly received his word believed. Nope. <laughs> then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Uh, they believed his message, and so they were baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So when they heard the message of Pentecost and the plan of salvation, they believed it. And then they were baptized. If baptism's not important, why all the, why all the, um, uh, the uh, preaching on baptism? <clears throat> okay, let's uh, let's go a little bit farther here. Let's go to Acts chapter eight. You can hear the pages turning, perhaps. Acts chapter eight. A man by the name of Philip goes to the city of Samaria, and he begins to preach Christ. He preaches Jesus Christ and Him crucified, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, there was many miracles, devils, devils cast out. The Bible says in verse 8, there was great joy in the city. <clears throat> and a lot, lot going on there, a lot of wonderful things. But in, And then we get to Acts chapter 8, verse 12. They What did they do? They believed Philip's preaching, the things concerning the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ. What did they do? They were baptized. They believed the message, and they were baptized, both men and women. Uh, verse 16, uh, Philip was, was praying for them to get the Holy Ghost. In verse 16, 
says uh, the Holy Ghost was not falling on none of them yet, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, Peter and John came down and prayed, and they had revival and laid hands on people, and they got the Holy Ghost, and they had a wonderful revival there in Samaria. And then God began to speak to Philip and says, uh, i got somewhere for you to go. And uh, he rose and went, in verse 27, he met a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority. And you can read about that there. I'm going to skip through some of this. Uh, this Ethiopian was in a chariot, and uh, Philip went up to him. And interesting enough, this Ethiopian was reading out of his Bible, the book of Isaiah. And the Spirit said unto Philip, in verse 29, Go near, join thyself to that chariot. And Philip, uh, he ran to him <clears throat> and, and uh, heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And uh, Philip, using some wisdom, um, some direction from the Holy Ghost, said, Understand what you're reading? And uh, this poor Ethiopian, he's trying and he's reading the Bible and he says, I've got to have a man, I've got to have a man guide me. I've got to have a man tell me what this means. We need a man of God to preach to us, to understand the word of God. And so, and, and he desired Philip, would you come up here and, and sit, with, sit with me? And the place of the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. And uh, he, was, he was reading there in Isaiah about the prophecy of the, uh, the death, the crucifixion of the Messiah. Well, that was a great place to start for Philip. That was a, that was, that was a great text to take. And he began to preach. And uh, verse 35, Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture. And what did he preach? He preached unto him Jesus. Well, by the time Philip got done preaching... Uh, verse 36 as they went on their way they came into a certain water and the eunuch said see here is water what doth hinder me to be baptized now why would this eunuch be saying I need to be baptized if Philip didn't preach unto him he needed to be baptized uh, this eunuch Ethiopian believed what Philip preached and he knew he needed to be baptized <clears throat> praise God all right, all right. And then uh, verse 39, uh, well, verse 38, commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord cut Philip, and he went somewhere else. So, Can I just say something? Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. Um, I've actually never thought of this before. This just kind of came to me. I, you know, something that's kind of interesting is I've done a little bit of study about what would have happened if a Gentile converted to Judaism. Well, he's a Gentile, clearly, right? And he's just come back from some type of religious feast. And uh, one thing that I, I was thinking about, and I just tried to do a little bit of research on this, but I, I just found this quickly. Um, it says there was a process through which a non-Jew would become a Jewish proselyte. That involved three things, a sacrifice, circumcision, and baptism. So they were baptized. So what's interesting to me is he had been baptized before, but that baptism was not good enough. Right. What made the difference between the baptism he had before and this one? The name of the Jesus. Right. Yeah. Sorry, yes, that, that is true. That is uh, those that wanted to become Jews had to go through that washing, ceremonial washing yes. or baptism. Yep, and that, that's very good the way that all, all ties in. Well, we follow along here in our in our reading of baptism in the book of Acts in the early church. And, and again, we're seeing this over and over. 
people are hearing the message preached, they're believing it, and they're getting baptized. They're believing it, they're getting baptized. Acts chapter 9. Immediately. <clears throat> yes, let's do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah, and that, well. That's an important Since, since you brought it up, I'll, I'll mention that there are, there are those who say that baptism is an outward sign or an out, outward ceremonial thing that you do to be a witness to something that's happened to you on the inside. Who, who, was, who was Philip and the Ethiopian? There was just the, the two of them. Yeah. What kind of what kind of show of? Some say that that's a type of witnessing when you get baptized. Mm-hmm. Who was they witnessing to? No, that wasn't the purpose of baptism. He needed to be baptized because that was the part of the plan of salvation. So, verse uh, chapter nine, um, in verse eighteen, uh, this is the story of Paul on the road to Damascus. You can read about the about it there. It's an awesome story. Um, but when we get to verse 18, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, well, he's called Saul, but he's Apostle Paul. Verse 18, he, the, he had been blinded, and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received forthwith and arose and was baptized. And so uh, Saul, who had been persecuting the church, uh, God talked to him and uh, had to go to the uh, Ananias and Ananias told him what to do. A man of God told him what he needed to do, and when he told him what he needed to do, he rose and got baptized. Acts chapter twenty-two picks up some of that. Acts chapter twenty-two, um, verse uh, sixteen says, "Now and now, why tarriest thou? Rise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord." So that's that's the apostle Paul. He was baptized. Uh, Acts chapter ten. Another great story you can read about there. Uh, the Apostle Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. Good man. You can read, I mean, right from, right from the get-go, you see Cornelius was a good man. He was a devout man. He feared God, his whole house. And he gave. He was a given man. He prayed. But he wasn't saved. And a man of God had to go to him and preach to him. And guess who that man of God was? It was Apostle Simon Peter who preached on the day of Pentecost, and God said, go over there and preach to that man. So he went over and preached to him, and uh, and uh, he began to preach to him the plan of salvation, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Verse 40, God raised the third day, showed him openly, and Peter's preaching, and he's getting anointed. And, <clears throat> and verse 42, he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify. Verse 43, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, through his name, Jesus' name, whosoever believeth, there's that believeth again, whosoever believeth and is baptized, believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Have you heard that before? (laughs) Remission of sins. Well, verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they received the Holy Ghost, 46, as they spoke in tongues. And verse 48, Verse 48, Peter commanded them to be baptized. Hello, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then he stayed with them a while to preach and teach to them. And I ask again, if baptism is not necessary part of the plan of salvation, why was Jesus baptized? Why did Jesus' disciples baptize? Why did Jesus teach baptism? Uh, The apostle Peter, the apostle Paul, Philip... They baptized, and now we hear Peter commanding them to be baptized. 
Baptism is a very essential component of the plan of salvation. Praise God. Well, we could go along a little bit more here. Let's hit a couple more. Uh, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. How about verse 14? A woman named Lydia. Leave some meat on that on that chicken, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're getting down to the bone. We're getting down to the bone. <laughs> oh, this is great. This I thought he was reading my notes for a minute. This, this is awesome. Well, uh, we're teasing. I don't know. The, I've got these. I got Job's comforters here with me. Job's comforters. <laughs> <coughs> Love the Word of God. Amen. Uh, Lydia, she worshipped God, and whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended none of these things which were spoken of Paul. Again, we have a man of God preaching, and then we have a woman like Lydia uh, paying attention. Verse fifteen. What happens? Uh, and when she was baptized. And her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful, come to my house and stay a while. So we see the house of uh, Lydia and her, her whole family being baptized. Also in Acts chapter 16, down around verse 30, uh, Paul and Silas, verse 30, brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's that believing again. So what happens? Remember, it's, a, it's in tandem. He that believeth, and is baptized. Verse 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and all. So they began to preach to him, death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus Christ. He took them the same hour, like you said, Brother Mills, mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. When I know it and understand it, I need to be baptized. Not uh, a couple months when we baptize all of our converts. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, 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 like, yeah. You know, yeah. Like they do in some churches. Yes. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway and um, let's see what it, it goes down through there so the the jailer there the uh, the jailer there that paul and silas preached to and witnessed to uh, was baptized in his whole house well that's not the end of it but uh, some would say well that was just the early church and and uh, that was just look if it was for the early churches for the Latter-day Church <laughs> yeah. hasn't changed. Nothing's changed in the Word of God. Now, men have changed it. Denominations have changed it uh, down through the centuries of time. But even, even, even in the epistles, some would say, well, the epistles don't talk about baptism. I beg to differ. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Don't you want to cover Acts 19? Uh, yeah, I didn't get Acts chapter 19. Well, how about Brother Eric? <laughs> I'll, save, I'll, save something for, I'll save something for you guys. He's got I'll, something. I'll give you Acts chapter I'll give you Acts chapter 19. Because he, he's going to wait now, the only verse I haven't crossed off my list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll keep going. <laughs> First Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 20. Uh, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah, I mentioned that earlier, while the ark was a prepare, a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved how? By water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. And it's by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right, so Peter again in his writings is saying, hey, I preached baptism on the day of Pentecost. I preached baptism and I commanded them to be baptized in Acts chapter 10, the house of Cornelius. And I'm still telling you that baptism saves us. Just like water saved Noah and his family, baptism saves us. 
He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. First Corinthians, and I'm, we're going to shotgun these next few verses here. First Corinthians chapter 12. And i got to find them quickly here. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Now that's spiritual baptism. Um, but that goes back to John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus said, born of the water and of the spirit. Galatians 3 and 27 is more the one I wanted, I believe. Galatians 3 and 27. Uh, Apostle Paul, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So we think about that a minute. If you haven't been baptized in Christ, you haven't put on Christ. Yeah, that's the connection there, right? right. How about Romans and Romans 6? That's always a good one. Romans chapter 6. Verse 3. Know you not that so many of us were baptized how? Into Jesus Christ. We're baptized into His death. We talk about the death, burial, and resurrection. Repentance, baptism, in Jesus' name. Verse 4. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Um, and there's a lot to read there, but we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Colossians chapter chapter 2 uh, says something very similar. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Buried with Him in baptism. Baptism is a type of of burial. We identify with the burial of Jesus Christ. It's over and over in the Word of God. Buried with Him in baptism wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. And uh, on and on it goes. <clears throat> Just a few more points here to make. I ask you again. If baptism is unnecessary, why did Jesus, the apostles, the early church, all teach it and practice it? It's a very essential part of the plan of salvation. It is. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Yes, sir. If you're not keeping the commandment of baptism, uh, you draw the conclusion on that. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just briefly talk about uh, the, the mode of baptism. Uh, we could talk about the, you know, what the Greek means. Maybe one of you guys are going to talk about baptism. There's three Greek baptizo, words. Baptizo. Yeah. and then the other couple... Right. I wasn't going to go into the whole lot of that. But other than to say that that word in the Bible, translated as baptism, means to plunge or to cover with or immerse. Um, oft, you know, oftentimes in the discussion of baptism, uh, there are some church organizations that use sprinkling of water, mm -hmm. uh, pouring water on people's heads. The best, and I didn't want to go into a lot of historical stuff, but I did, did read... And, and study some of it, but it was it was way late, centuries later, that people began to sprinkle, and because it was out of convenience, you know, I mean, on the day of Pentecost, three thousand souls were added to them. It'd been real easy to just go around sprinkling all of them, but I'd say the twelve apostles. You can take three thousand divided by twelve, and that's how many each of them baptized. I guess however that that's quite a day. Yeah, they lined up, baptized them in Jesus' name. Next, baptized them in Jesus' name. And um, so, and, and bab baptism means to immerse. And we've already read some scriptures. I'm going to go back to them. Uh, they, they were in one place because there was much water there. They went down into the water. They came up out of the water. Uh, 
uh, baptism is in, is fully immersed in water because that's a ceremony. It's a sim, symbol, symbolic of burial. Uh, I've all, often jokingly said when you bury someone, you don't throw a handful of dirt in their face and say that they're buried. You got to completely cover them up. So mode of baptism is fully immersion. Sprinkling, pouring, or dipping is not biblical supported anywhere. Um, they are all from non-biblical traditions. Yeah. And the method, of course, is in Jesus' name. Yes. And many of the scriptures we just read, Acts chapter 2, uh, Acts chapter 8, uh, Acts chapter 22, Romans, on and on it goes. Uh, one of you guys can talk about Acts chapter 19. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus. Uh, Apostle Paul said, I believe Colossians said, Whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus in Acts chapter 28, 19, uh, said to, re, uh, to uh, teach them and to baptize them in the name singular of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Luke worded a little bit, bit different. He said that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in His name, Jesus' name. And so when you're fully immersed, when you have a man of God baptize you in water and call on the name of Jesus, that is the biblical plan of salvation as far as baptism goes. No debate. It's all Bible. End of discussion. Anything else? To <laughs> it doesn't have a leg to stand on. That's right. Yes. <clears throat> all right. We're going to hand this off to Brother Eric. Okay. Well, the, the thing that I wanted to point out there, because I literally, he pretty much covered about everything I had written down here to cover. But uh, one thing that I did want to mention was that in all the in going through those Acts 2, 38 through 41, Acts 8, 5 through 13, Acts 8, 36 and 38, Acts 9, 17, 19, all of these that we're talking about here, um, we don't see any formula of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost being being used. Uh, matter of fact, if you go through the whole book of Acts where... Um, Disciples were baptizing folks and preaching uh, repentance, baptism, Jesus' name, filling of the Holy Ghost. We don't find anywhere where anybody was baptized in any other formula other than in Jesus' name. Um, and that kind of leads me up to uh, Acts chapter 19 where we find out that Paul was talking about people being rebaptized. But before I do that, let me touch briefly here. One thing that, believe it or not, one thing that Brother Ross did miss, uh, miss out on here was in chapter 18, uh, Paul was in Corinth, and he talks about Chris, Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, in verse number 8, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Yep. And so uh, basically following in the same uh, line of thinking there, I also had Mark 16 and 16, uh, believe he that believeth is baptized shall be saved, he that believeth not shall be damned. I had a conversation with a boy at the college one day when talking about this and he says well it doesn't say that if you're not baptized that you wouldn't be saved but there again we already seen that if you don't believe therefore you won't be baptized what would be the point in being baptized if you don't believe um you know there is some people who like brother ross had mentioned that think that it's just a a good policy to do it's something that you do for you know the sign and witness that you that you believe and all this kind of stuff, but we have pretty much nailed that down. That um, any per, any anyone who has believed uh, was immediately baptized, baptized right away, uh, 
And then, of course, he read 1 Peter 3 and 21, where baptism doth now save us. Um, he covered about being buried, uh, the immersion. Uh, Romans 6 and 4 says, buried with him in baptism. Um, these are all things I'm just going to just touch them briefly because these are things that I had written down to talk about. Um, and the buried there being as how we identify with the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are buried with him in baptism after we repent, which we talked about in the last uh, segment of the podcast uh, was repentance. And then now you're being buried to wash away those sins. And that's, the thing I guess I thought about here when he was talking is that in the uh, book of Exodus, when we find out about how that um, Moses was uh, working with Pharaoh to try to get the Egyptians to be able to leave Egypt land. The Bible talks about that there was the plague of the um, Passover and that the blood was applied to the doorpost. And because of that, the, the firstborn child was spared if the blood was applied. Well, this is the point here is that what baptism actually does is apply the blood of Jesus to cover the sins. In, in typology, you're be, the, the, the water becomes the blood that washes away uh, the, the sins that, that you have previously repented of. So that was something there to, to kind of bring out. And I'd say Brother Mills has probably got some of that, that he wants to cover. So I'm going to go on here and talk about in uh, chapter 19. And let's just read it here. Uh, Acts 19 and verse number 1. And it came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. And again here, uh, something to point out too, is certain disciples would mean that these were people who already had believed. These were people who had a semblance of uh, knowledge of, of Christ, obviously following him. Uh, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not heard as whether there be any Holy Ghost. This is where we're at a lot in the modern day uh, place where we, we talk to people every day who go to church our Christians, uh, so-called, you know, quote-unquote, whatever, uh, we run into them. And, you know, they have a semblance of belief in, in God and all this. But when you mention, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Well, I haven't even heard about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, that that's that's for any of those that's listening to this that, that are, you know, already following the apostolic uh, plan of salvation or already uh, living for God. It's our job to uh, let them understand what the Holy Ghost is all about. And uh, so anyway, that's what Jesus said when he told his disciples, you're witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth. We got to go and be witnesses. But um, anyway, he said unto them, then what were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. This lets us know that you can be baptized more than just the initial time if it wasn't done in the name of Jesus. Right. Then Paul then Paul said, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake in tongues prophesied, and all the men were about twelve. So anyway, just to cover that, what uh, the one thing there that we hadn't really got to was the conversion of these uh, Christians, so-called, what, what most, like I said, modern-day people would call them Christians that believe in the Lord, who profess to, to know God, but yet didn't have the Holy Ghost, yet wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. And we find out that when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So 
there is a, a sense of when, once you've repented and your heart is right with God, uh, you hear a preacher preach, you obey. And that's exactly what we see happen in the book of Acts, uh, which he, which um, Brother Ross already covered in Acts chapter 2. They said, they that gladly received the word were baptized. So these were people who, you know, the, the plan of salvation goes along with where we talked about repentance last week and then baptism. But it's also on, on after you follow these two things, what are you being obedient to what you've heard? And uh, we've already laid out the whole, going through the whole book of Acts here. In all these instances, they heard it and they obeyed it. And so I guess the question is today, if you see it here through the podcast or through maybe you've heard a preacher preach in the pulpit, uh, you've got the revelation that no one was baptized any other way. Uh, I guess you could say, like they said in uh, Acts chapter 10, here, here's water, what doth hinder you? You know, there's a baptistry at your church, There's or, or there's a place where you can be baptized at. Uh, why put it off? Obey the Word of God with the man of God, the Word of God is saying to you, and get baptized. Amen. A lot of good stuff there, guys. Um, I'm going to kind of highlight some things now we've talked some of you might think we're not being as thorough maybe as we could be. We actually have had a discussion on baptism before, and so I suggest you go back and listen to that because we covered a lot of things that we're not touching in this in this particular study. We wanted to take this from a bit of a different approach, maybe a little bit more of a um, uh, less like overview of baptism and what it is, and mainly just talk about what the Scriptures have to say about it. I'm going to point out just a few things here I wrote down. Um, today while I was thinking about the subject of baptism. And I've got just a list of 11 reasons here why to get baptized. So number one, to fulfill all righteousness. Brother Ross, you talked about that, Matthew 3.15. Number two, to be made a disciple, Matthew 28.19. He says, uh, go and teach all nations. That word means make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So how you make disciples is you baptize them. Then number three, to act on your belief, Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Number four, to remit your sin, Luke 24, 47. Uh, repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at the Jerusalem. Acts 2, 38, obviously, uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Acts 22, 16, arise, uh, wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Number five, to be born again, uh, John 3 and 5. Number six, to take on his name. Acts 2.38, Galatians 3.27. Number seven, to apply his blood to your life. Compare Matthew 26.28 to Acts 2.38. Jesus said in Matthew 26.28, this is my blood which is given for the remission of sins. Then he said we we are baptized for the remission of sins. So that's obviously how you apply the blood. Number eight, to identify with his burial. Romans 6.3-4, Colossians 2.12. Number nine, to be circumcised in the heart. Colossians 2, 11 through 12. And I think that bears uh, actually us reading because that's the one uh, thing you didn't cover, Brother Ross. <laughs> he, he, he read uh, Colossians 2 and 11, and he didn't read verse number 10. I'm like, all right, he left something for us. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um, no, we're, we're giving him a hard time, but he covered things very, very thoroughly as far as what Scripture has to say about it. But I want to cover one little more, uh, one other uh, aspect here of uh, baptism. Colossians chapter 2, uh, and we'll go, uh, let's actually start in verse number 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. So the subject here is Christ, right? It says, uh, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in Jesus. 
All right? That's why when you baptize in Jesus' name, you are baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because the fullness of God dwells in Christ. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands uh, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, why are you baptized? You're baptized for the remission of sins, for the removal of sins. Um, notice what he's saying there. Let me read that again just so you, you catch the gist of what he's saying. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. So obviously the Old Testament circumcision done with, with hands. And it's a pretty graphic procedure, a lot of blood involved in it. Um, and it says, made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. It's not just the cutting off of the physical foreskin, but it's actually the cutting off of that sin. So remember, you're baptized for the remission of sins, removal of sins. Uh, and it says, of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. How does that happen? Verse 12, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. I, I thought I wanted to at least go into that point. Number 10, to be washed, 1 Corinthians 6, 11. Um, I'm going to bring up kind of an interesting point here uh, in Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5. It says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy saved us by the washing. Notice this word, of regeneration. And I just decided to look that word up here on the fly. What does the Greek word mean? It means new birth, reproduction, renewal, recreation, regeneration. Compare that to John 3, 5. And obviously, verse 3, he told Nicodemus, he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, or cannot, uh, yes, yeah, see the kingdom of God. And then he said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, notice what uh, Titus, or excuse me, Paul, writing to Titus, says here in verse number 5 of chapter 3, not by works of righteousness, which, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Here's how he saved us. By the washing of regeneration. Baptism. Remember what Jesus said is you've got to be born of the water and the spirit. Right. Washing of regeneration. So if that means new birth and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So those two components are involved there. And you right. can compare that to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse number 11. He gives a list of people that are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes and says, it's such worse, some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified. How? In the name of of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So it takes both those components. Uh, and then uh, finally, and the most obvious, and he mentioned this scripture, number 11 is to be saved. First Peter 3, 21. So that's, if you get baptized for no other reason, it's for your salvation. Okay, just a couple other little things I'm going to throw in here and then I'm going to open it back up for you guys. Maybe we can discuss some of these points here. Um, I want you to notice the connection between belief and baptism. Uh, Jesus said, that his blood is given for remission of sins. And then Peter preached in, in Acts 10, 43, and you mentioned this, Brother Ross, that whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. But then in Acts 2, 38, he said, you're baptized for the remission of sins. And you notice how every occasion that Brother Ross read, um, and not just the hot point discussions. I know we often talk about Acts 2 and Acts uh, 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, Acts 22, 16. But you mentioned a lot of other occasions where people were baptized. But when they believed... They were baptized, and and that's not just a you know an outward expression of your in, inward confession, uh, like some denominations will tell you. But uh, you know when they believed, how they proved that belief was they were baptized. As many as believed, uh, Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. Then Acts 
uh, chapter 2, uh, verse number 30. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for their mission, since you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Promise unto you, to your children, all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Uh, then with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And as many as glad to receive his word were baptized. So how they proved their belief is they were baptized, okay? So that's just something else, and, and uh, we can open that up and talk about it. But another scripture that uh, that was not covered, and I want to at least mention this. We have never covered this scripture before in the context of baptism, guys. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 gives us something kind of interesting here. Um, the Apostle Paul has dealt with a lot of problems in Corinth. He's dealt with fornication. He's dealt with lawsuits. He's dealt with division in the body. And he, later on, he's going to be dealing with the gifts of the Spirit and how they're being misappropriated and, and misused um, and even you know abused, if I can put it that way. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, uh, verse number one, he's giving them a solemn warning and he makes some interesting statements here. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Then verse two, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Brother Ross, you mentioned, um, I, I'm trying to remember, I think you mentioned about the Red Sea, them coming through the Red Sea. And we talked before about how that's a type of baptism, how the Egyptians are a type of sin, and they follow Moses and the children of Israel into the Red Sea, and, and but they could not go through the Red Sea. The Red Sea drowned them, and um, obviously red is the color of blood. Uh, we were baptized in Jesus' name. We take on his name. We take on his blood. And that sin cannot go under the blood of Jesus, right? But what's something that he mentioned here, he says, we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. There's actually two types of baptism that he mentions there. And if you want to know what he's saying, I want you to compare this verse of Scripture to Hebrews chapter 6. Mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to flip there. <clears throat> We're not technologically savvy, I guess, enough guys to have those tablets that everybody else has. I just like the feel of Bible pages turning in my hand. Nothing like the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 1 and 2, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation. So here's the foundation. Bible says we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Okay, watch what he says the foundation is. Of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms in the plural. Okay, and you might say, okay, what is that? What, is, what are you talking about, Brother Mills, with baptisms? We've already discussed the baptism of water, and we're going to get into this in the next lesson. I just thought it'd be interesting to throw this out now. Um, well, let's find out what it is. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3, and uh, John the Baptist said uh, what that baptism would be. So there's the baptism of water, and there's another baptism. This would be a good place to lead in on the next discussion, guys. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, and uh, let's go to verse number 11. Okay, so John is, uh, is he's preaching. He's telling them, I'm not the Christ. Uh, but then in verse number 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, uh, to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So there's the baptism of water and with fire, he goes on to say. So there's the baptism of water. There's also the baptism of the Spirit. So both of those are very important and essential. So um, that's just a few little things I wanted to bring out, guys. Maybe we can open that up for discussion. Any, any thoughts about that? The thing that comes to mind there, obviously, is John 3 and 5, where that also we talk about being yes. born of the water and of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave it to Dr. Ross. And Dr. Well, Ross. Like, like you said, Bring it down. <laughs> in Hebrews chapter 6, he's talking about uh, 
foundational doctrines. Baptism is a foundational doctrine. And, and I'm, I'm amazed. To me, it's, baptism is a slam dunk. What we've, the right. scripture we've read here, the discussion we've had, right. we've talked about nothing but Bible. We haven't talked about uh, creeds and, and traditions and, and so on and so forth. It, it's a foundational doctrine, baptism, a foundational doctrine. And I, I'm amazed at people that go to denominal churches that will say you don't have to be baptized. That amazes me. What does the Bible say about that? I'm just just amazed. Well, you don't have to be baptized, and and on and on. Well, if you do get baptized, it's just a way of witnessing, you know, that something's changed on the inside, so you're going to show it on the outside as a public witness. Uh, Acts chapter 19. It, I don't know how many disciples there that uh, John that Apostle Paul preached to does, doesn't say. I don't twelve. Think. Oh, was it twelve? My bad. Okay, twelve of them. They immediately got baptized. Who were they showing that as a witness to? Yeah. The Ethiopian was just him and Philip. <laughs> He's getting baptized. Who was he being a witness? You mentioned Lydia. It didn't really uh, say Lydia, anybody just was present for that. Right. Yeah, right. it's just so that that is just a that that is just not. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. I was I, I wasn't raised in church, and uh, there was a time in my life where I was told to believe or accept the Lord, and I would be saved, and so I I did, and um, my life was a mess. I was drinking, I was doing drugs, I was selling drugs, I was partying, I was living that lifestyle. And, uh, but because someone had told me if I'd accept the Lord Jesus Christ, I would be saved. And I thought I could live like that and still be saved. Yeah. That was the biggest lie that was ever told to me about damn my soul to hell. Well, <clears throat> there was a time when someone said, you know, said, did you get baptized? I said, no, I never did get baptized. Well, we can get you back. And I went to this place where he knew, big old church in Huntington, West Virginia, and went in there. Uh, the man had never seen me before in his life and just said, you and, and he, he took me up into some water. He dunked me and he said something about Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And nothing changed in my life. There was There's something about the name of Jesus. The, pow, the power's in the name. And uh, if, if you don't, you got to get it all right. You got to get it all right. So, but I, I thought about that later when someone, when I was praying in, in an altar and, and uh, my life was so messed up and they showed me Acts 2.38, said, have you ever been baptized in Jesus' name? I said, well, I've been baptized, but I don't, I couldn't remember what was said. They said, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Well, I was baptized in Jesus' name and it was like a hundred pound backpack came off of my back. And, and, uh, and if you haven't experienced being baptized in Jesus' name, you need to find you a good apostolic church where a man of God can baptize you in Jesus' name. Uh, you won't, you, you won't be, believe the difference of, of obeying the plan of salvation and the Word of God. But uh, anyway, baptism, it's, it's, it's true, it's right. And it works. Uh, I'm just going to throw this in here real quick because I think it's necessary to at least mention this. I know this is obvious to us guys, but I wanted to throw it in for somebody that might listen to this that it wouldn't be so obvious for them. And uh, what about Matthew 28, 19? And we've kind of discussed it a little bit here. Um, we've talked before about some of the scriptures that say what the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost is. Uh, John 5:43, Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. And uh, the name Jesus means Jehovah salvation, or Jehovah has become salvation. And uh, he said, I am come in my Father's name. 
<clears throat> I like what one man said. I think you guys will like this. Said uh, He said, many have worn the name of Jesus. Because actually there was a lot of people, even Joshua was kind of that Old Testament form of the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, means the same thing. And then he said, many have worn the name of Jesus, but only one could be the name. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was good. good. Only one could be salvation. Right. And uh, he said, That's I am true. come in my Father's name. You receive me not, but another <laughs> shall come in his own name. Him you shall receive. And also, if you start looking at what Jesus said, John 14, 8 through 9, Philip asked him, Lord, show us the Father that sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? So uh, Colossians 1, 15 says, He's the, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. No man has seen God at any time, John 1, 18. But Jesus said, Philip, you see me, you see the Father. Uh, if you're going to see God, you're going to see him in the face of Jesus Christ. Um, also, John uh, 10 and 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Now, uh, some people would say, ah, yeah, in the sense that a husband and wife is one. No, 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 that's not what Jesus is saying. The next verse says, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. And he asked, why are you stoning me? They said, because you being a man make yourself God. It's been said before that they had it backwards. Uh, he being a God made himself man. And uh, in fact, in uh, the book of Philippians, chapter number two, it says that he laid, he, he was in the very form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. And it says, wherefore, because of this, uh, God hath also highly exalted him, given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, things in, in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord. How do you, how, by saying Jesus Christ is Lord, you give glory to the Father. Why? Because Jesus is that visible image of the invisible God. Uh, and then also, um, and, and, well, let me, let me tack that something onto that too. Brother Eric, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to take all your time. I'm just throwing this in here. But um, something else that's kind of interesting to me is it says, you give glory to the Father when you honor the name of Jesus. And you say, Jesus Christ is Lord. You give glory to the Father. Um, well, it's the same thing. If Jesus said we're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, obviously if you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you give glory to the Father. <laughs> I just I just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, you got something to add to that, Brother Eric? I, I really, I really love as far as, I mean, I just don't know how in-depth you want to get into, like, the name of Jesus and all that kind of Go stuff. Go ahead, Brother, but, shoot uh, for it. But, you know, in, in talking about uh, Matthew 28, 19 again, um, you know, it's often that we, we bring that up because that's the uh, Trinitarians, I guess, number one verse they would go to when, when uh, talking about baptism and the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But the, obviously the, the thing to mention, to point out there is the singular name. It doesn't say names. It doesn't, um, you know, go into the uh, three separate distinct people. It says the one singular name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, continuing that same name to the, the, the neat thing about that is it doesn't just say in the name of the Father, but it says of and of the Son. So meaning that the Father and the Son have the same name. Yes. And, Tie, uh, tying the, it all t- back tying it all, the, right. the Son and of the Holy Ghost who tied all back to what... Right, all know, ties it right back to the, to the name, to the, to the, name, the, yes. the, the word there, name. And uh, so, you know, it's not a... There's no... should be no confusion here. And like what, I like what Brother Ross said earlier, that the issue of baptism, and that's why I came from the angle that I did when I wrote this out, was because it's pretty much a slam dunk. Like I so said, when you look at it... I. I don't know of anybody that could argue any other point um, any other way than, to, than when you look at it this way and you see that, you know, 
Arise, wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Uh, we've already talked Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other. Uh, Colossians 3 and 17, whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Um, these are all, you know, examples of the name of Jesus being used when, when you baptize. And so, um, you know, without going into, you know, every verse in Scripture and reading it all over again, is it basically boils down to the name of Jesus covers it all. And uh, so when, when you apply the name of Jesus, like Brother Mills talked about the 11 points, which was awesome, we apply in the name of Jesus there. Um, you know, it's, we've, we've often used it in a form of where we're the bride of Christ and being married um, to Jesus. Uh, you know, in the fleshly sense, when someone takes on a, a bride and you get married, uh, the, the bride takes the father or takes the husband's last name. And uh, in doing so, you know, they, they no longer have that, that name, but they take on the name of the husband. So therefore, uh, when we are uh, married into the bride, we are the bride of Christ. We become the bride of Christ. We take on his name. And uh, so just, you know, this little points there to bring out on the name being used for uh, baptism. But like I said, it, you know, you'd have to pretty much be hard-headed to want to argue yeah. the point. You, you, you really would. You just have to, and like I said, not to, you know, not throwing stones at those who have not seen this yet, but we're we're victimized in today's world by a lot of people who who doesn't know much about the Bible, and they just take a man's word for it, they take a preacher's word for it. Yeah. And uh, I actually was reading a commentary just this afternoon, uh, preparing for baptism. I just happened to read this thing. My actually it was at my brother's house, and I just pulled it up and was reading. And this man, it was I, some kind of. I think he might have been Baptist. I'm not sure exactly the denomination, but he was talking about baptism. And he was talking about how uh, Jesus was the first example of baptism in the New Testament. Um, and he did it to fulfill all righteousness. But the funny thing about it, this guy's writing a commentary about how much he knows about baptism. And, of course, he went on to talk about the formula of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And, and none of it makes much sense. But he was talking about the very first thing that stood out to me is he said that this guy... And claiming to be intelligent here and teaching other people about baptism said that Jesus was baptized by John the Beloved, the disciple, wow. who later was called John the Baptist. Oh my God. And I said, wow, how, how confused can can this man be? That I said, then I was telling my brother who, who doesn't even attend church at the moment, but, you know, does have the belief that uh, he has knows what we believe and understands it. And I said, well, that's why he don't got the formula right. He doesn't even know the Bible. He doesn't, I mean, you know, if you don't know one area of the Bible, how do you expect somebody to know the other areas too? So you got, you, you apply all the Bible. You apply not just one scripture, not just one verse, but you take all of it and apply it. And when applying it, you come up with, like Brother Ross said, no debate. It has to be yeah. uh, <laughs> baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus for salvation purposes, for the saving of your soul. So John the Beloved had his head cut off? Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's what... Let, let me throw one thing in here real quick, because somebody might be out there and ask, if we're supposed to only baptize in Jesus, then why did Jesus confuse the issue with Matthew 28, 19? And you know what? Let me just throw my opinion out there, okay? So you guys are going to know probably uh, where I'm going as soon as I start to mention this, but the disciples were kind of confused one day when they came up to Jesus and asked, this is Matthew 13, 10, and the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou to them in parables? Mm -hmm. 
Jesus said for this reason. Now, if you ask the common person on the street, maybe even the professing Christian, you say, why did Jesus teach in parables? Oh, to make it easier to understand. That's actually not biblical. That's not why he did it. Verse number 11, he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore, or for this reason, speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he goes on to say some other things there. Uh, let me skip down here just a little bit. Um, verse number uh, 15, For this people's heart is wax gross, uh, or is grown uh, gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should can be, be converted, and I should heal them. Jesus said in, in the book of Matthew chapter number 5, he said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so you know what? The Lord doesn't just want the curiosity seeker in his kingdom. He wants people that are genuinely hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And you know what? Matthew 28, 19, I believe that's why it's in our Bible. Because Jesus wants the hungry people that really desire it. You know, if you're an honest-hearted person, and I just ask you one question. Read Matthew 28, 19, and I just ask you the question, what's the name of the Son? Uh, anybody's going to have to answer that. Well, Jesus, the Son, has a name. Well, doesn't it make sense that the Father also has a name? The Holy Ghost has a name. Uh, John 14, 26, I didn't quite get there minute ago, but uh, uh, Jesus said, uh, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name. My name. So uh, we discussed that the Father, the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Uh, if, if you're, yeah, it's, it's relatively simple. Then why is there such a debate? Why is there such why? an attack yeah. on that? And, and you guys, you've seen it before. I mean, y'all taught Bible studies and you see people that, I mean, it's such a clear fact and they can see it's such a clear fact, but they won't do it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people that will repent of their sins, mm -hmm. that have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, but will not be baptized. And uh, they say, because I've already been baptized. How hard is it to have a man of God baptize you the right way? But see, the Bible talks about that the God of this world hath blinded eyes. He's put eyes. It's like the Jews said, Jesus is a stumbling block to them. That which is supposed to be their salvation has become their damnation, their destruction. Uh, because the devil is attacking. You know what's so funny, guys? Is that, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, the doctrine of repentance is under attack. Speaking in tongues, it's under attack. But there's a lot of groups speaking in tongues around the world. I mean, there's millions of people that speak in tongues that claim to have the Holy Ghost. Uh, and there's a lot of people that have claimed to repent, you know, to have repented. But baptism is the issue that people will go to war with you over. And I've seen it again and again and again. There's something about the name of Jesus. You know why? Because the devil one day is going to have to bow at the name of Jesus. He hates that name. He fights it. He fights it. He fights it. Exactly. It's a spiritual battle. And one other thing I just wanted to say real quick um, is if you want to ever study why did it change, you know, if the early disciples baptized, I'm not going to get too deep into this, guys. Um, I'm just going to uh, give you, quite, you know, a couple of uh, resources that you can go look up on your own. The Encyclopedia Britannica, 
Uh, everywhere in the oldest sources is stated that baptism took place in the name of Jesus. Uh, also the Westminster Dictionary of Church History, the Trinitarian formula did not emerge until the second century. The Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible, the evidence of Acts 2.38, 10.48, supported by Galatians 3.27, Romans 6.3, suggests that baptism in early Christianity was administered not in the threefold name, but in the name of the Lord Jesus, and on and on. You can read it, New International Standard Bible Dictionary. Uh, these are modern sources, by the way. The Dictionary of the New Testament, Harper's Bible Dictionary, Vine's Expository Dictionary uh, of New Testament Words, the Theology of the New Testament, Encyclopedia of Religion. I've got just droves of, of, of sure. uh, quotations, yeah. but I'm not going to take time to read them. Uh, but let me just kind of put this here, and then I'm just going to open it up for closing comments, okay? Uh, but notice the New Testament commands us to pray for the sick in Jesus' name. Yep. James 5.14, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay, commands us to cast out devils in Jesus' name. Mark 16, 17, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. So why should we pray for the sick in Jesus' name, cast out devils in Jesus' name? Whatsoever you do in word or deed, Colossians 3, 17, brother Eric, uh, 3, 17, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why should we do all these things in but Jesus' name, but not <laughs> baptism? Right. And, uh, right. So I'm going to open this up for closing comments. Let me say this real quick. One thing you, you got my mind stirring here when you talked about um, why did Jesus uh, leave that not you know like why would it be left up for debate on Matthew twenty eight nineteen and you talked about explaining you did a wonderful job of explaining about the parables and all that but one thing here it came to mind and um, I just happened to be studying this the other day that's why I probably thought of it so easily here but John chapter five and verse thirty nine Bible says search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from man, but I know you that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor one another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Anyway, I thought what was neat here is what he talks, he tells them to search the scriptures. For in them you, you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. But then he goes on to explain that I come in my father's name. Mm -hmm. And you didn't and you ain't receiving me. And so here to get the understanding of this, search the scriptures. Yeah. Find find out of what the what like the, the Bible is. Yeah, yeah. Find out what the Bible's saying about yeah. me. Because they they are they which testify. Me. Yeah. And then this, you know, this is being written in the New Testament. We have Old Testament scriptures of Isaiah 9 6 that tells us who the everlasting Father is. Mm -hmm. And so the these are what testify search the scriptures. And so, you know, if you're having a hard time understanding Matthew 28, 19, search the scriptures. And I think it's really cool there too that when um Jesus was Telling them, he, unless you believe that I am He, you will die. He says they understood not that He spoke of them of the Father. Father. But then we find out later in uh, Luke twenty four forty five, He tells them, or the Bible says that then opened He their understanding mm -hmm. that they might understand the Scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so, an understanding of the Scriptures, a searching and studying of the, of the Scriptures, will help anybody that has any kind of confusion out of Matthew twenty eight nineteen. It should pretty much set it to rest that. The for, only formula ever used was was uh, the name of Jesus. The only time anyone was ever baptized that we have record of in the, the in scriptures after the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ was done in Jesus' name. 
And so basically this boils down to a, a subject we're going to be talking about, I guess, in the future here about the oneness of God yeah. and Jesus being God. Because with the revelation of who Jesus is comes the revelation of how you baptize because they go hand in, in hand in hand. When you know that Jesus is the Father, then it's pretty un, pretty easy to understand what he's talking about in Matthew 28, 19. I guess tradition could be a pretty powerful thing. Yes, sir. And um, there's there's no doubt you mentioned Brother Mills that it's just, it's a spiritual battle. The enemy, the enemy of Jesus Christ, the devil, is uh, and he did that all the way back to the garden, just taking the word of God and putting a little twist on it, putting another little twist on it, and and uh, so down through the centuries of time, you know, it's 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 been changed, and and um, that's why we ha- we have to get back to the Bible. And what what does the Bible say? What saith the Scriptures? What saith the Scriptures? And um, and and sometimes you know if, if when you everybody's at different levels you know I can talk about where I was when I when I came and bowed a knee at an apostolic church I knew nothing I didn't know about oneness and Trinity I didn't know about Acts two thirty eight salvation and bath I all only thing that happened I knew I needed to pray I could feel the presence of God somebody opened up the Bible and showed me Acts two thirty eight and I said yeah that's what it says. And that's what I need to do. So it started with, with believing, and obedience, and I was baptized. And so sometimes <clears throat> you just gotta gotta believe it and obey it, and then comes understanding. So, so I would I would encourage you. You know, I mean, it's it's good to have an understanding of it in that sense. But, but do, just go by what the scriptures say. And we, we, we've laid it out here today. It's a slam dunk. Baptism is, is biblical. It's right. It's part of the plan of salvation. It works. And uh, it's one of those things you just eventually got to try it out for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And um, but a, lot, a lot of times it's in the, in the obedience that we, uh, we get an understanding of, of something. You know, um, when, we're, when we are children and our parents tell us not to go certain places or do certain things uh, don't touch the hot stove uh, don't stick a fork in the receptacle uh, we don't have an understanding of why we shouldn't do that <laughs> sometimes people find out the hard way like I did when I was a kid stuck a fork in the receptacle found out <laughs> that's not the thing to do uh, but sometimes it's just in the obedience as you grow and mature then you get an understanding of yeah. it so Anyway, it's been a great discussion, Brother Mills. Thanks for um, the Yes, I'm just going to say one or two little closing comments because, uh, you know, you, this is an inexhaustible subject, yes. guys. And it's just like my brain is still racing with all the things. But I understand we've talked a long time, so we need to bring it to a close. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say that, uh, you know, because we've talked a little bit about it in previous discussions, but some people are going to be like, well, why is it so important that we do what the apostles did? And uh, Ephesians 2, I referred to this verse earlier, verse number uh, 1920. Just for context, I'm going to read 19. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, notice how he put that there. He said, so Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, and the foundation is the apostles and the prophets. Okay? And... uh, Something that's interesting is, yes, Jesus was prophesied about with the prophets, but also baptism, Holy Ghost, was also uh, prophesied about in the prophets. 
And so uh, we're built upon, upon the foundation of the apostles. And we've already mentioned it before in a previous discussion in Acts chapter 2, after it talks about, you know, Peter preaches that great message, 3,000 are added, so they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So what the apostles taught is very important. Jesus left the preaching of the gospel in the hands of the apostles, uh, Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24. Uh, uh, you can even argue John 21 could also be another example, go feed my sheep. And uh, so what the apostles taught and believed is very important. Well, somebody might say, okay, well, you say name, Father, Son, is Holy, Holy Ghost is the wrong way to be baptized. We're supposed to be baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, say, well, I was baptized in Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I don't really think it makes all that much of a difference. Well, the first thing I would say is, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 5, it says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. So there's not multiple ways that you can be baptized. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, Jesus said, uh, he said, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, okay? And it's we've used this illustration before, guys. Just like I said, I'm just trying to bring it to a close and trying to uh, sew this all together here. But uh, it's like if I uh, told somebody, well, you know, go and uh, let's say somebody, you know, I give them a check and just say, hey, you know, uh, put my name on there, you know, whatever, and, and I'll, you know, whatever. So if I sign it, my name, it's not going to be, uh, good. It's not going to be a good check. So there's a difference between uh, repeating and obeying. And to say, name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, all you're doing is repeating Jesus's command. You're not obeying Jesus's command. That's like, I mean, uh, that's like, you know, the illustration I use with the check. I mean, the authority's in the name. Uh, the demons tremble at the name of Jesus. And, you know, they don't tremble at the name of Father because sure. Father's not a name, Son's not a name, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost is not a name. But according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 5, there's only one baptism. So there's only one way to do it. So sure. uh, I don't think we need to quibble and argue. I think where the arguments come from is the fact that the devil gets involved sure. in this process right. and he fights baptism. He hates the name yes. of Jesus. Right. He doesn't want you to. So if you put on, you mentioned it, Galatians 3.27, this last comment I'm going to make. Uh, uh, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You know what that means? That means that uh, when you stand before God on Judgment Day, He's going to look at you, Brother Eric or Brother Ross, and He's not going to just see you. He's going to see Jesus. He's going to see His redemptive work. You're wearing His name. You're wearing His blood. He'll judge you through that lens. Boy, that's, that's, awesome. that's awesome, isn't that's it? Awesome. It's exciting. So, again, you may say, well, you didn't cover this or that or the other. My goodness, we only had, you know, an hour to do this, and we went over that. Um, but you can't. You could teach a series on baptism for weeks and weeks and weeks and not cover it all. So, anyways, thank you all for listening. Um, let me mention this in closing, the email address. If you have any questions, anything you'd like to discuss, it's BibleTTabernacle29 at gmail.com. So that's B-I-B-L-E-T-T. So there's two T's. Uh, A-B-E-R-N-A-C-L-E 29 at gmail.com. So email us and, and uh, let us know your questions, comments, discussions. Also, you can leave a comment on this podcast. Um, a few have done that, but um, I'd, I'd love for people to leave comments out there just so we can know what you think about it and yes. all of that. And we're going to get back to it. We'll discuss the timing of that, but we're going to get back to uh, talking about uh, baptism of the Holy Ghost next next time. So we're excited about that and also oneness of God. So uh, be tuned in. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this Bible 101 episode. 
please leave a comment to let us know what you think. Also email BibleTTabernacle29 at gmail.com. That is B-I-B-L-E-T-T-A-B-E-R-N-A-C-L-E-29 at gmail.com to leave us comments, questions, or maybe ideas for future episodes. Thank you so much for listening.